What's going on, everyone? I'm Paul LaMonica from the Loda High Podcast, and in this week's episode, I interview Cornell University midfielder Billy Chevelle. Billy's from Rye, New York, where he excelled on the gridiron and on the lacrosse field in high school, right beside his twin brother Peter, who plays lacrosse at Dartmouth. Billy and I had a great conversation about how lacrosse is just as much of a mental game as it is a physical game. Billy talked to me about his mentality when he's training to become a better player, how he measures his progress, and much more. We also had a long discussion about cooking. It turns out Billy knows how to chef it up as well. Make sure to go follow Billy on Instagram and Twitter at Billy underscore Chabot. And make sure to go follow the Low to High podcast on Twitter and Instagram to get updates in the lacrosse world and to see who future guests of the show will be. But anyways, I hope you guys enjoy the show and let's get right into it. He could shoot on the run. He could shoot from 10 yards out. But worst of all, he'll finish it off with a nasty celebration. Billy Chabot, junior midfielder at Cornell University. Billy, what's going on, man? What's up, Paul? Happy to be here, man. It's my pleasure to have you on. Uh, you know, it's Christmas a couple days ago. How's your Christmas? How was it uh, spending time with the family? It was good. It was good. Uh, a little different this year. Didn't see as many people as usual, but um, always good to see the siblings and the parents. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was good. How about you? It was good. It was good. You know, same here, small. Just only got to see my brothers and my parents, but, you know, I was just happy we're all together. I think For sure. everyone could, yeah, everyone could say that, you know, was uh, Christmas good to the, Chabot- oh, was, uh, was Santa good to the Chabot's this Christmas? He was, he was, he always is. Um, Santa came, left some good stuff, some good, uh, some good lacrosse gear, um, no hardware, just clothing and stuff. So it was good though. It's good. It's good. Uh, any, uh, any good food you have Christmas Eve or Christmas, uh, Christmas day? Yeah. Christmas Eve, we did, uh, we did tenderloin. My mom made some big tenderloins that was big and then um chicken parm christmas night was good we always do a big christmas brunch jam which was which is always good bagels eggs bacon the whole nine yards oh you help out in the cooking or are you just uh, i do yeah i'm kind of the only kid who does okay. actually I, I enjoy it kind of picked it up during covid what do you like uh what do you like cooking the most out of everything um this is gonna sound pretty typical but i love just cooking the steak honestly on the pan <laughs> do you um do what's it what's the word for it when you uh when you like use a spoon and you like put the butter and all the other stuff yeah i do that if i'm if if i have too much time on my hands i'll do that but normally i don't you put rosemary and uh other stuff yeah like rosemary that just... thyme butter garlic no I've, I've done that a couple of times but i usually just go olive oil and garlic salt and pepper i think one good thing that came out of this whole pandemic is that i think one person could say at least they mastered one form of something whatever it is it could be cooking you know learn how to play yeah, yeah. learn how to play the guitar learned how to do a podcast like something like yeah, that yeah there you go do you think uh you think that cooking a steak is uh is what you perfected or mastered yeah probably cooking uh i picked up reading honestly never i can say i read a book front to back before the pandemic but it's probably because i never really was reading anything i liked but found some books early on and it kind of just uh kind of came to me. I, I'm almost done with McConaughey's book that is pretty popular right now that I'm reading. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, reading and uh, I wouldn't say I mastered reading, but I started it and and definitely cooking. Me and me and my buddies at school all started cooking in the house. Chef, uh, Chef Billy, they're gonna call you now when you get back? Probably not. No, I'm, I'm, there's a couple of them are pretty good. I'm, I'm still average. Yeah, I mean, cooking's tough. Cooking is hard. It's like yeah. not, not an easy thing to do. It's, it's, it's not, not something that it's, is it's like, kind of like, 
if you started it at a young age, it's you're probably pretty good at it. Or if your mom's a really good cook or your dad's a really good cook. My parent, my mom's great, but like, you know, she's not a world, you know, she doesn't love it. So it's not yeah. like I ever was picking it up. And, it's like playing golf. You can't start playing golf and when you're in college, honestly, and be good. You got to start young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like hockey too, because you got to learn how to skate yeah. and stuff like that. True, true. You know what I did find out about like cooking in general is that cooking and baking are like two different, complete, two completely yeah. different things. Can't say I picked up baking. Are you, do you bake? I don't bake, but like my okay. dad bakes, but like baking is a science. It is yeah. like precise. A lot of timing if, in that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of timing and like you have to have everything out. Everything has to be like near perfect. It's not like, it's not like you make eggs or something where you like, you could just put it in like a dazzle, like a little bit of a uh, little bit of pepper, a little bit of salt. Like it has to be an exact yeah. measurement or it's all yeah, screwed yeah. up. Like then the, then the, then the food doesn't cookies, the muffins don't taste good. I so, you know. Did you uh did you pick up anything or master anything besides the podcast over quarantine? Is there any anything specific for you? Uh, you know, I think cooking breakfast, I think was something okay. I mastered. That's a start, man. That's a start. Breakfast is, you know, my favorite meal of the day. So something I love doing during quarantine and like doing now is making like my signature breakfast. So starts off with a a nice uh, sesame bagel that okay. I uh, toast. And then I make, uh, I do three scrambled eggs. And the trick is I put cheese in the egg. So I cook it with the cheese, with yes. the shredded cheese, shredded yep. cheese, che- game changer. It's a complete game yep. changer. Makes the, I makes actually the put cream cheese. cheese in my scrambled eggs. I don't know if that's a, I might get some I've heard of that. that, but yeah, cream cheese is, is a good ad. Try that tomorrow. <laughs> okay. I think I'm gonna have to try that tomorrow. Yeah. And then I, uh, I do hash browns. I, uh, I shred okay. a potato or I'll just you get got a lot of carbs in there. Bagel and hash brown. Yeah. I don't have a lot you of protein get your energy. <laughs> uh, yeah that's true but you know then i hit the because pro- then like i usually get my protein like at night i'm pretty sure like you know working or you do yeah. a midday workout you get your protein shake in and then you usually usually like steak steak yeah. or like some chicken for dinner so you know i think going carbs in the morning is probably the best best thing to do yeah i did a i did like a over quarantine i did like a mini like lost wanted to lose some weight and i just didn't eat carbs after like 3 p.m and that worked like magic because like really? i just yeah, I'd eat my carbs in the morning, didn't eat any after three, and, like, you kind of just, you go to bed not hungry, but, like, you don't feel full, and you slowly but surely lose weight. Was it, like, uncomfortable? No, no, it wasn't uncomfortable. I I mean, I knew I wanted to do it, and it was just one of my buddies had done it, and I was talking to him. I was like, how'd you lose, how'd you lose that weight? And he said he just started, stopped eating carbs after three, and, I don't know, it worked. (laughs) maybe i gotta try i mean i don't have to lose weight but you know if i ever oh no i'm not i'm not telling you to lose weight yeah no i know i know but if i ever have to come to that ever have to come to that point in my life i might just might just start doing that what is it you know those crazy diets that are uh like no no yeah it's like there's like the keto and the paleo i i don't buy any of that i think if you work out hard and you eat well and you sleep well that you can be fit i'm i don't believe in any of that those crazy diets yeah for <laughs> sure i think i think it's just you have to have a everything's good in moderation it's probably exactly, like the yeah. best motto to go with just dieting because you know yeah even like cutting out carbs after three like some i didn't have like people don't have to do that it's just like worked for me you just got to find what works for you you know i don't think yeah everyone's body's um, different so it's not exactly. like it's not like one thing's gonna work for everyone everyone has right, different right. metabolism so it all depends on what your body's like and all that stuff but you know we're not dietists, so how about we start talking a little bit about lacrosse? Sounds good. So, Billy, uh, let me start 
uh, let me ask you a couple of basic questions just to get you know, get uh, for the people to get to know you a little bit. Where are you originally from? Yeah, so I'm from Rye, New York. Lived there my entire life. Um, went to Rye High School, where I played football and lacrosse um, mm-hmm. uh, for four years. I played club for for prime time, which uh, people in the area I know uh, are familiar with. And then early on in high school. Um, I wasn't that heavily recruited, uh, committed to Colgate, but then ended up going to Cornell. But that's a different story. I'm I'm from uh, from Rye though, still still here. Uh, do you like seeing how Rye's doing after you graduated? Graduated Rye is now like the uh, the place to be for Section One sports. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, no, Rye's doing great. I mean, uh, Coach Lennon's done a good job, um, just getting guys to buy in. Um, so my freshman and sophomore year, I had Brian and Scott Dooley as my head coaches. Loved them, but they they decided not to coach anymore. So Coach Lennon came in, and um, he's kind of picked up right where the Dooleys left off. And uh, they obviously won last year, which was great to see. After my senior year, we lost in the finals. Um, but, yeah, I mean, football's, football did really well last year. Lacrosse is doing well. Um, it's definitely fun to see. Yeah, for sure. And then they're winning. I mean, they won a section championship in hockey. Hockey too, uh, yeah. Football, basketball. They went to yep. they uh football went to like the state final fours, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, year, it's so cool it's like crazy. being uh it's cool when you're like you know, like I was a sophomore in college last year and like the seniors on the football and lacrosse team were all, you know, like freshmen and sophomore studs mm-hmm. when I was a senior. So it's cool to see them then in that role, you know. Yeah, for sure. So when did you first start getting into lacrosse? Oh, God. Uh, honestly, before I, I can even remember, my dad and mom both played lacrosse in college. So, um, you know, I had a lacrosse stick in my hand uh, before I can remember, you know, for second grade. Were you, uh, did you first start, where did you first, what position did you first start playing when you were, uh, when you were little? Yeah, so I was always a midfielder. I would like, I faced off, played offense, played defense, kind of just, did everything. I faced off all the way up until like my freshman, sophomore year in high school. So it was always midfielder um, and face off. And your brother, Peter, would he uh, was, did he take the same route as you just playing the same? Yeah, kind of playing the pretty same much position? the same exact thing. Yeah. We kind of just did the whole midi and face off thing together until he kind of just continued or kind of focused more on the face off thing. And I focused more on the, the midi thing. Did you guys ever have any uh, face-offs in the middle of your living room when you when you guys? Yeah, were we kids? did. We had a little. Yeah, we used to face off in the basement a good amount. Yeah. Any broken walls? Hopefully, hopefully not. Uh, no broken Anything. walls, but a lot of a lot of wall marks for sure. No yeah. broken walls though. That's good. That's good. Um, did you guys ever have to like you know having that like built-in you know best friend and competitive like competitive spirit right next to each other? Did you guys ever like? trying to compete with each other, like trying to get playing time, you know, on the same midfield line or just trying to work together. Did you guys ever have any of that chemistry or, you know, competitiveness with growing up? Um, not really, uh, not really competitiveness really isn't the word. Cause we were like best friends and brothers before we were ever like athletic competitors, you know, mm-hmm. um, like we always from a very young age trained together, just did everything together. So, it was like if if one of us had a good day and the other didn't, it wasn't – it was more like, you know, let's both do well the next day. It was never yeah. a competition. The only time I can really remember was just with the I, – I was coming of age during the early recruiting. So 
when recruiting started started in like eighth and ninth grade, that was the only time it would get a little weird just because, you know, if like if one of us was getting recruited more than the other, it was a little awkward and stuff like that. But other than that, it was worked together at all costs because we were ultimately playing on the same team, whether it was football or lacrosse. Um, so that built-in friendship kind of pushed both of us to just train hard together, work hard together and uh, compete together. Were you guys always, you know, when you were from like when you were young, were you always like out in your backyard, like past, like playing cats yeah. with each other, going one-on-ones with each other, you know, shooting yeah. around? It was always, uh, I mean, even when we were tiny, we would throw football helmets on and just run into each other, just play like kill the carrier with two people. Um, and then with lacrosse, yeah, it was always dodge on each other, shoot with each other, face off all Saturday and Sunday. Uh, we recently found actually uh, Peter made YouTube videos of us shooting in the backyard that I didn't even know about. This was just surfaced like a week ago. They're, they're hilarious YouTube videos. I'll have to send them to you. Um, but yeah, no, it was all fun. We, we spent countless, countless hours uh, playing sports together for fun forever. That's great. That's great. Did you, um, did you guys ever like, what's, what was I trying to say? Did you guys ever, um, not like not play on the same teams as each other like whether it was just like during practice like playing against each other was it always like a very competitive like I know we touched on this a little like earlier yeah but was it, uh, always it was competitive? yeah no I know what you mean like going against each other in practice and stuff like that honestly uh it was good competition like if I was dodging against Peter in practice like I was gonna go that much harder you know because then I can go mm-hmm. home and bust his chops a little bit but it was never unhealthy competition it was always like and, like, if he was dodging against me, he'd go a little harder, too. Um, but, no, club, we were always on the same team. Football, obviously. Um, yeah, no, that was it. I mean, we actually ski raced a lot uh, growing up, up until eighth grade. And that's a very individual sport, whereas the other sports we were playing were team. So mm-hmm. that was the only time where it was like, look, one of us was going to beat the other. It's not a team sport where yeah. one wins. So that was where I think our bond and, like, relationship really solidified because like it didn't matter who beat the other like we were happy for each other no matter what um so then when it got to team sports you know that was easy because we we were competing one-on-one versus each other at a young age and it didn't matter so why would being on the same team matter you know yeah for sure and you know like playing with each other all the time did you guys know each other weaknesses and like if Peter saw you doing something bad that like you shouldn't be doing like if it was like yeah. a bad habit would you guys call yeah, each we'd other, call each out, other out even like mid-game like uh, like, you know, more recent junior, senior year of high school playing lacrosse, I was usually on the wing and he was taking face off. So I could kind of see what was going on. I'd talk to him if he wasn't doing well. And usually I could kind of figure out what he was doing differently, like, you know, small different things. And then um, he, he definitely like, you know, if I missed the, missed the net wide twice, he'd be like, Billy, just shoot overhand. You always shoot better overhand. You know, it's like small stuff like that. So, yeah, we definitely got to know each other's tendencies really well. Uh, how would you say you guys played with uh, – how how would you say, like, you complemented uh, each other's game, like, whether it was, like, playing playing offense together, playing defense together? How do you think yeah. like, you playing, like, with Peter's uh, playing style and him playing with the, your playing style, uh, like, benefited each other? Yeah, so first was the face-offs. I mean, he was, he was really dominant on the face-offs, so I didn't even have to do too much work. But he would always tell me – I didn't – he didn't even really tell me. I knew where – he like if they were starting to put a pull on him where he was going to put the ball that I could go get it. Um, and then I think one thing he did a really good job of in high school was like, 
I was more of a shooter and, and he didn't shoot the ball that well, but he dodged really well. And he, he would dodge and kind of always know where I was going to be and where I wanted to be. So, um, you know, just things like that. Like, I know you had the Embry twins on here. It's probably the same thing with them. They play well yeah. together. So it's just that chemistry you build. Yeah, for sure. What was a, if one of you guys had a crazy goal, what was the uh, go-to Sally for either one of you guys? <laughs> As you said in the beginning, I was a little more uh, flamboyant when I celebrated. Peter was always just like a high five. He's, Peter's very, uh, very more laid back. He's got the long hair. He's in Fogo. He's uh, chill, chill. Just yeah, like, he's chilly. Peter always just goes for the high five. He goes for like the straight arm high five. It's kind of weird. I'm doing, yeah, I don't know. I, I saw. It in a yeah. while. <laughs> I was. Uh, I was looking at your whole high school highlight tape, and you were just doing all this crazy stuff. You know, like throwing the defenders' sticks. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> dancing like with your hands in the air, just running out, just screaming at the other defenders, like crazy stuff like that. Do you ever like miss <laughs> doing stuff? Like, I don't think you can get away with that in college now. Like, it's a little easier to do in high school, especially if you're playing pretty dominant. Do you ever miss like doing stuff like that? Yeah. No. Definitely. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, we still have fun celebrating, but uh, it's it's different. Um, I was also fortunate enough in high school to, you know, have like have all those opportunities, and hopefully in college I will. So I'm still waiting those those big celebrations, hopefully. But um, now the college definitely is a little bit more. And like, you know, obviously I would never want to get in trouble for celebrating a goal in high school, and I never did. But in yeah. college, that's a that's not cool. That doesn't fly. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So, um, you know, going back to like your recruiting process, uh, why did you end up uh, switching from Colgate to Cornell? Yeah, so it was definitely an interesting time. Um, honestly, before I, uh, before I even decommitted, like I was kind of having second thoughts about Colgate. Um, was still planning on going there, but wasn't like excite, as excited as I was when I committed in the months after I committed. So leading up to it, um, it was kind of on the back of my mind. Um, that I wanted to uh, kind of go after an Ivy, so to speak, but also go to a bigger school. Colgate's really small and their their program wasn't doing as well. And I don't know, just I just didn't have like the right taste in my mouth, so to speak. So I was, I didn't start searching anywhere. I didn't talk to any coaches, but I just kind of had this feeling. And then uh, it was one random uh, Sunday during football season, actually my senior year football season. It was the Sunday uh, of our upcoming rivalry week versus Harrison. So I wasn't even thinking about lacrosse and got a call from a Ohio number. Um, it was coach Busick from Cornell asking me to visit. And, uh, I was like, I don't know, like I got to talk to my parents or whatever. So went and talked to my parents and they were like, you know, my parents, like they wanted to be really respectful of Colgate as I did too, because they were great to me in the recruiting process. And I have a ton of respect for them. Um, but I, I ultimately decided to go on that visit. And then as soon as I went on that visit, I was like, I'm coming here. It's, it's just what I wanted. It was an Ivy. It was a bigger school, um, just like such a rich lacrosse program. And just the emphasis they place on being really good teammates, really good people um, over anything else. It's just, it just felt right. What do you think was like the deciding factor once you either got to your visit or like you spoke to coach Busick, coach Milliman, like, like kind of switched in your head, like this wants to be my home for the next four years? Yeah, honestly, the, it's, that's a good question. Uh, the main, main thing was when I visited, uh, I was with Connor Fletcher, who was, he was a, an all-American committee for us. Um, mm -hmm. But he, uh, 
he was a sophomore at the time. Yeah, he was a sophomore. I was a senior in high school. And uh, he took me, uh, we just hung out at his at the house for a while with the other kids in his class. And it just like hit me how close these guys were. Like they were so close, like best friends, making fun of each other, loving each other. Like whether it was a senior and a freshman or a sophomore and a freshman, like whatever it was, it was like, and then I went in the locker room and saw that whole dynamic and they were just, they just seemed so happy to be there and be with each other. And me as a, as a pretty person, person, people, you know, I like relationships. Um, I just hit me, man. It was like, these guys love each other. They love being here. This is, everyone seems happy. Like it really didn't even have that much to do with lacrosse or the school. Like if I had to say there was one deciding factor, it was that just how close and bonded all those guys, all those guys were. Yeah. You know, just having relationship, like just having that close relationship that doesn't have to do with lacrosse doesn't have to do with school. Just like, you know, like you said, being a people person, just like being with each other, you think is like, so to say is like what, what, what it really was. Yeah. Just, just, uh, just that idea, like of just that brotherhood of Mm -hmm. Cornell lacrosse, it, I noticed it right away. Uh, a lot of other guys on my team would say the same thing. And it's I'm a junior now. I'd say uh, it's only better than I even imagined. It's it's that's definitely what what drew me to Cornell. Yeah, for sure. So kind of going back to, uh, you know, your playing style, your big like uh, shoot on the run guy, step down shot. When you were young, who'd you want to try and emulate your game after uh, like professional players or college players that you watched growing up? Yeah. So I always. uh uh, when I had an older cousin who went to Duke, uh, girl cousin, and she dated Ned Crotty for four years, uh, when she was at Duke. And so I got, like, I got to know Ned pretty well. And like, I was young, you know, when Ned was in college. Um, so I was like little, like backwards hat, black sixth grade laxer. And like Ned Crotty was there all summer. And so like, I just kind of took to him big time, uh, watched all of his games, followed him, you know, all that. So uh, I'd say Ned, I mean, he's a, he was an attackman in, in college, but plays more midi now. He shoots the ball well past, he does everything well, but um, I always just kind of followed him because of that. Um, but yeah, I'd say, I'd say Ned, but it's a ton of other guy. I mean, watching, even watching Rabel at a young age, like guy can shoot the ball. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably Ned though. So I always ask, like, always, everyone always talks about, like, some guy they were always, uh, like, if you got a, if you got your hands on a laptop at school, you're doing a school project. What's the, uh, what's the first highlight tape that you're throwing in YouTube uh, when you're in uh, fifth block social studies class and you're with your boys? What's the first highlight tape you're putting on? Oh, God. Uh, Honestly, it's probably, uh, it's probably one of my best friends at school, Billy Coyle. He's a he's a midfield he's a starting mid, midfielder for us and he's got a hilarious senior year highlight tape um, when he was at the or a PG year when he was at the Hill Academy two years ago um, that's a pretty sweet highlight tape John John Lombardi actually is up there too uh, his senior year at Salisbury he's got black eye uh, got it all like going down yeah, here. Eye black all everywhere I see face. it's crazy yeah he's doing he's like, like jumping up and down he's yeah, crazy he's crazy doing uh. He's doing backhanders across the crease, so it's probably Coyle or JJ. Those guys got uh, those, those guys got good highlight reels. I want to see JJ is just flying around in his highlight tape. He's going yeah. against like 
six four, six five. Wilson Stevenson. Yeah, and he's, that Duke and he's talking right to him the whole time. He's, he's talking yelling. Crap. He's looking up because Wilson's like six five, and he's like, "How tall is Jay?" He's like five, five eight, five yeah, nine. Oh, five seven probably. Five. Yeah, and he's, he's short. just screaming <laughs> in their face. He's just screaming in their face. When he was in the All American game, he's just like, yeah. "Let's go, let's go." <laughs> Have you? Did you go. see the video of JJ hitting Wilson? Yeah, I saw yeah, that. Like, I think he like broke his jaw or something. I know both of them too, and uh, talked to both of them after it. And they, I didn't get. They, they don't really talk about it much, but, um, whatever. They're both all right. Wilson's all right. So, <laughs> big beef. Big, big. It was like, uh, what was it? He went to Salisbury, right? And there was like, yeah, JJ went uh, to Salisbury, and and yeah, Wilson, Wilson went to Brunswick. Brunswick. That was yeah. uh, that was a crazy game. Twenty eighteen. Talk about that was just a peak point of. Was that the game that was uh? Was that the fo- – oh, no, that was the Hill. I was going to say the Foggy game, but that was versus the Hill. The Hill game was also a nuts game. Yeah, with, um, yeah. What's I had a couple buddies on that Hill yeah. on that hill team, so I was watching that. Who's who? What highlight tape are you throwing on? What highlight tape? I got to go, you know, maybe Tohoka or Chris Walker. Have you seen Chris Walker's highlight tape? It's I haven't, like, no. So it's got like 200,000 views, and it's just him throwing these crazy, like, behind-the-back Oh, yo, Dan Shea. Dan Shea, that's another Dan crazy Shea. one that my Dan boy Shea showed is, me once. He's awesome. And um, uh, Sam Romano. Sam Romano was another one that I've we always that, yeah. used to throw on. You know, there's a honestly so Perry's like, too. I used to watch. I haven't seen it in a while, but I used to watch Perry's in high school. We used to throw yours um, on a couple of times in like my sophomore year. <laughs> we used to put yours on Appreciate because uh, I was looking. I was scrolling through. I must have been scrolling through Twitter or something, and like yours popped up. And I was like, all right, I'm going to watch this. And I just saw you and you're just doing these crazy celebrating. You're like throwing, uh, <laughs> run around the field, just throwing these crazy celebrations. Like, yo guys, you got to watch this kid. This kid's crazy. He's going to Cornell. Have you, like, seen, uh, have you seen Connor Kurtz celebration? Yeah. Which isn't it like he does the, 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 the yeah. with his arms. Yeah. The dogs, his, like the dogs crazy. Yeah. There's his some... younger brother, CJ is on our team. So we, we threw that on one night and we were laughing. CJ has got a really good highlight reel too. He's, he's, he's really good. I think lacrosse highlights have to be because the way look because lacrosse is so much faster than you know football or hockey. Hockey can't really see the puck. I think lacrosse highlights have to be you know top three yeah. sports highlights. No, they are. I, I completely Basketball agree with that. Plus, like every one. football highlight reel is like the same. Like everyone run like you know everyone's running by someone and yeah. I, I it's agree also with that. go That's super go su- go super slow because if you have the huddle circles on because you know when oh, like the worst. it's going through the play and then it like circles in on the guy and then you wait like yeah. two seconds and then it's like oh he gets like a 10 yard run oh, that's cool exactly but, yeah you know, la- lacrosse is always going to be something different because you know no two people have the same style of play even though like you said you used to watch ned karate like as much as you want to play like ned karate you still work at it because ned karate always had these different ticks in him or these different ways that right. he would see the field because you know no two people also see the field so you know there's always something different in each lacrosse player. So, you know, watching two different, very good lacrosse players, you know, they're always going to do something different, whether it's, you know, a 15 yard step down shot or, you know, Ryder Garnsey comes, comes around the cage yeah. with one hand and just flies in. I think it's just so great because lacrosse is the most creative sport, I think. Yeah, totally. I mean, look at compare like Lyle Thompson or Connor Fields to Sergio Perkovich, you know, it's like two completely just, different yeah, players. Yeah, they're both extremely effective. Yeah, they're both both amazing like yeah. uh, lacrosse players, but they just both have completely different styles of play. And another thing about lacrosse is that you don't have to be 6'4", 225 to play lacrosse. Right. You could be, you know, JJ, who's 5'7", who's also yeah. like very stocky, or like a Ryder Garnsey, who's also like 5'8". 
and you could still just completely dominate the field. What's his name? Exactly. That was on yeah. What was his name? It was on Yale. Joey Sessa. Joey Sessa. Who was I like, mean, Matt Lachardi plays for us. He uh, he's like, I do you know he's number thirteen on our team. Yeah, I know. He's like five five, maybe one fifty. He's tiny, but he he can draw a slide. So. And I think that's just what that's what's the coolest part about lacrosse. It's just stuff like that. It's just creativity, and then anyone you don't have to be the biggest guy on the field to you know change the entire game, which is mm-hmm. you know so unique in all sports. You know, I was talking to Jules Henningberg about how you know in football, like you have to be a certain height to play defensive tackle, or like you have to be a certain weight to play yeah. defensive end. There's no, there's no like size. You know, maybe besides defender, you have to be Any at least, size fits all. <laughs> Any size fits all. Uh, that's that's exactly yeah. what that's like. You're 100 right about that, and so you know, I think that's what separates lacrosse from other every other sport. Yeah, I agree with that. So you know, go, moving on from that, uh, you know, when did you decide that you wanted to like when you were a kid that you wanted to co-play Division One lacrosse? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, honestly. I knew I wanted to play a sport, you know, as for as long as mm-hmm. I could, you know, I wanted to be like an NFL football player at one point. Um, and then I think really what did it for me is uh, honestly, part of it was, uh, was seeing Ned when he was in college um, kind of like just loving that. But I think the biggest thing, like deciding that I wanted to play college across was going to my first final four. Um, it was 20, God, I should know this. Duke won it. I think it was 2013. 24. Was it Notre Dame or is it? Uh, yeah, yeah, 2014. 2014. So, like, Beamer you know, and Miles, maybe, maybe even later than some people, but it was that first Final Four where I was like, you know, I think I really want to. And, you know, at the, unfortunately at that age, that was when, like, recruiting was, like, about to be starting. So, um, it was that first Final Four. I remember I went with my dad and my twin brother and uh, we watched. I remember leaving just thinking to myself, like, man, I want to do everything I can to like play on that field one day. So it was that final four where I, uh, where I really was like, you know, I want to do this. You know, what steps, you know, besides playing club lacrosse, you know, besides playing for your high school, what were you doing by yourself or like with your brother to help make sure that you were trying to achieve your goal to go play division one lacrosse? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think like, honestly, this, this goes for, you know, being a good high school player to getting recruited to, uh, finding playing time in college. I think the biggest thing for me is uh, when it, in terms of what I did to, to play in college was not focusing on getting an offer or focusing on committing or focusing on who's committing where, but just focusing on what I could control. Like what, am, what is my next, next workout going to be? What is my next wall ball routine going to be? What's my next meal going to be? Um, mm-hmm. Not what emails did I get today? who might call me tomorrow, you know, like controlling what I could control um, is what I found really worked for me. Cause it's so easy to get caught up in all that. Um, so, you know, in terms of playing to college, I knew I had to get bigger, faster, stronger. So um, I played football in the, in the fall across in the spring. So winter time is always, you know, three, four days of, of weightlifting and running and stuff like that. So there was that, um, tried to keep in the stick of my hand as much as possible as well. But uh, in the winter time, I always really focused on strength and speed and was able to get, get more of that uh, throughout my high school winters, which I think helped me a lot come springtime, then ultimately summertime for recruiting. But 
more than anything, it's mentality, just focusing on what you're going to do that day to get better as opposed to, you know, where am I going to go play college across? Uh, you know, your mentality, like whether it's working out, was it just like get better, just get better today, you know, just make every yeah. day better than it was the day before? Yeah, pretty much. Like I still try and do this, like, you know, before you go to bed, just ask yourself if, if you're better today than you were yesterday. It's easy to compare yourself to other people, you know, compare yourself to to uh, to anyone who's who's having a ton of success. But if you compare yourself to who you were yesterday, that's just always kind of a thing I've 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 lived with. Um, and I don't know. I, I think it's it's pretty helpful. I kind of learned at a young age from my dad. Kind of taught me that mentality, and it's just stuck with me. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, you know, going, uh, you know, moving forward after you graduate high school, you headed to your uh, first year at Cornell. Uh, what was it like going to that first fall ball practice? Oh, yeah, man. Uh, crazy. It, it seems so long ago now. It's kind of funny. Um, it, it goes by so fast. I mean, people tell you when you're a freshman, like, it goes by fast and you're like, oh, yeah, I've heard that. But it really does. Um First fall ball practice. Well, actually, this is a funny story. So I, you probably don't even know this. Um, so I get to school my freshman fall. Uh, I hadn't taken a face-off probably since freshman year of high school. But we have three face-off guys on the roster, not including myself. And two of them are hurt out for the fall with surgeries. So, like, my first meeting with coach, like, the first week at school, he was like, Billy, I need you to take face-offs this fall. Like, we can't, we can't go the whole fall with one face-off guy. And I know you've done it in the past. So – you know, me freshman fall, you know, you got to do what coach says. So I literally took faceoffs all fall and like relearned it and did that all fall, which I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and say it was fun. Um, it taught me how to be a good teammate and how to put the team before yourself though. Um, and so I did that all fall and luckily we, uh, we got back in the spring, but going into my first fall ball practice, honestly, I was like, what, I'm going to take faceoffs. What? So that's that's kind of what was going through my mind to answer your question. So you you must have called your parents and said, uh, you know, I'm taking face offs this uh, this fall, and then they must have thought, wait, I thought I called Billy, not Peter. Why why is he <laughs> why is he yeah, why yeah. is he taking face offs? So well, you know, pretty much. I mean, I actually you, called yeah. Peter right after my meeting with coach. I was like, Pete, like, looks like we're going to be doing face offs over Thanksgiving break because I'm taking face offs all fall. He was like, No, you're kidding. Um, but no, seriously, I mean, there's a lesson to be learned with that. Like I said, just whatever it is, you just got to work at it each day and eventually you get better at it. But I took the face-off thing and ran with it. I kind of enjoyed it. Um, you know, our offense was absolutely loaded my freshman year. Um, no no freshman. We're going to get time on the offensive end anyway. So um, I was fine just finding a role for myself. Um, but then spring, like come springtime, uh, I was done with the face-off thing because our guys were healthy and we had enough guys to practice and whatnot. And I kind of bounced back between offense and defense and midi my freshman spring. And, uh, and you know, I'm OB fully now, but um, definitely played a few different positions my freshman year. Did you, uh, did you take face-offs during, like, during the fall wall scrimmages? Yeah, yeah. We, we, we had – we don't do that many fall wall scrimmages. We scrimmaged Maryland. We scrimmaged uh, – who else? RIT? No. We scrimmaged Maryland and two D3 teams. I didn't play versus Maryland, and I played versus the two D3 teams. Because um, Maryland, who did they? They had uh, 
Shockton and, and Shockey at the time. And they were smoking our starters, so we just put a pole on them. I was I was the freshman face, so I wasn't getting in. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. We win some, we lose some. So exactly. Uh, um, you know, what did you learn? Like, even though you said like you didn't get a lot of time your freshman year, what were some aspects of the game of lacrosse that you learned? You know, just like watching, you know, guys like Jeff Teat and you know all the yeah. other offensive starters play that you didn't know about when you uh, when you first stepped on campus. Yeah, I mean, in high school, as you as you kind of alluded to, like I was more of the you know take the ball, dodge, and shoot it yourself kind of player. Um, and that's just like not efficient offense, really. That's what I learned. It's like the best way to play offense is to find the most efficient shot and play as selfish, selfless as possible. And that's what we do at Cornell. Like, it doesn't matter who scores, who gets the assist. Like, when you get the ball moving so fast, the defense doesn't even know where the ball is, you're going to score. And so taking a 12-yard shot on the run, even a 10-yard shot on the run, isn't as good as five yards in front of the crease. Mm-hmm. Um with a feed from Jeff, you know? So yeah. I learned basically that to not just go dodge and shoot, to dodge and move it and then draw, to just keep doing that until you find a wide open shot. And that's part of why Cornell, our offense has been like some of the highest scoring offense in the last three, four years, just because we just kind of live by that mentality. Were you, uh, were you a little stunned when you first like saw a uh, first college practice, like seeing how fast the ball moved and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, um, I wouldn't say stunned. It's more just like, you're, you're just trying to keep up. You're so in the moment. You're just trying to keep up. Um, yeah. I mean, like my freshman year, uh, Jake McCulloch was, a was an all American midi and we had Fletch, Jeff, John Piatelli, Clark Peterson, those guys, it'd been three or two, three year starters at that point. So, they moved the rock to each other like like Peter and I did in high school. It was just – it was music. So um, just seeing that chemistry they had, um, you know, me and the other freshman guys would get back to the townhouse, just, you know, hope one day we get that. <laughs> you see Clark in the uh, PLL this past summer. He was he was, he was the starting uh, starting ex-attackman for the Redwoods. He just year. got – he just got an extension, I think, yeah. um, with the – with Halifax too. Um, yeah, he, I mean, Clark is, is – one of the most underappreciated players out there, in my opinion. Um, He's fast. There's not many, yeah, there's not many guys who can do what he does. He finishes every ball. He picks up gritty ground balls. He's a great, great teammate, ultimate teammate. So he does a lot of good things. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, after that, uh, after your freshman season end ended, uh, what were you, like when you headed back home, what were you trying to work on as a lacrosse player to prepare for your uh, following season? Yeah, so a couple different things. Uh, one, um, one was just like the mental game, kind of like what I talked about with mentality. I think freshman year, I got a little bit away from what had made me successful in high school about just focusing on one day at a time, control what you can control, because it's, you know, it's easy to lose sight of those things when you're not playing and, you know, um, just things aren't going your way, which, which happens. Um, so getting that mentality back over the summer was huge for me. That was kind of the first thing I said to myself. It was like, I got to go back to, to what made me successful in the first place, just being selfless, being a great teammate, but also just focusing on getting better each day and nothing else, no outcome, only the, only the journey to the outcome. Um, so I did that and, uh, I came back sophomore year. I had a really good fall. Um, and, uh, 
yeah, I ultimately became a guy that um, was competing for time. I got to play in a couple games. Um, obviously, the season was cut short. But uh, I think, honestly, there's no, like, I worked on my left hand or I, I did work on my left hand, but it was more just the mentality than anything. It was, you know, we preach at Cornell, be the best teammate you can be. It was focus on the other guys. Don't focus on yourself. And that one and then two, just going back to be better than you were yesterday. And don't focus on when you're going to play. Focus on what your next workout is and how many wall balls you're going to get in today, you know. And it sounds cliche, but I, I really think it's true that once your mentality shifts, your play shifts. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's a great like, I, that's a great explanation because, you know, you always hear like nothing against the other guys, but you always hear, yeah, I worked on my left hand. That's a great like that's a great way to look at it, you know, just for anyone. Would you say like if you had to tell like a kid that was aspiring to play college lacrosse, like would you tell him that exact same thing? Yeah, uh, a kid, a uh, high school kid texted me the other day just to. Uh, you know, he was a little discouraged from like recruiting stuff, wasn't getting many looks. And I literally just told him exactly what I've been, been talking about, just that mentality. He said, you know, he was asking what he should do and what you did to, to get better in high school. And, you know, besides lift weights, that's that's all I said. I just talked about the mentality of being better than you were yesterday and not focusing on the outcome and only focusing on what you are going to do that exact day. And you got to learn to love, love the and appreciate working for the outcome more than achieving the outcome in anything. Um, so, you know, I, I'm in a, I'm in a state now where I'm, I'm, you know, I'm praying that we have a season, um, but it's so easy to get when you're in college. So, Oh, first line, second line, am I going to play now? Just when's the, when's the next workout? <laughs> that's, that's yeah, what you got to sure. think. So, you know, you touched on it just now. I'll go right to it. You know, 2020 season got canceled. Yeah. You know, luckily some of your guys were able to stay back. You know, T was able to stay for another year. I'm pretty sure a couple other guys did, but yeah. you guys did lose uh, your head coach, uh, Coach Milliman. He had went went over the Hopkins, but you know, you still got a guy, Coach Busick, who was the assistant coach, is now staying with you guys. How was uh, Coach Busick trying to keep your team together during this whole crazy time of you know you guys not playing lacrosse in March and you know hopefully like potentially not hope uh, potentially may not may not even have a season. Yeah. How was Coach Busick trying to keep you guys together through this time where like you're almost being like put apart? Yeah, great great question. Uh, I mean, Coach Busick and Coach Stevens um, and Coach Safari, we have an amazing staff, um, and I think we're in a unique spot too because. Coach uh, Busick and Stevens, they, they played at Cornell recently. You know, they were 2015 grads, so they really get it. Um, so when we were there this fall, fortunately, we were the only Ivy League team to um, be able to, you know, practice and lift and do that stuff. So one thing he did is he really just, like, made sure we were appreciative of, of just the ability to be out there and be together because um, just appreciating that brings us closer. Um, and then, you know, so this fall, he, he just – told us to be grateful, be grateful that we're out here, whether it's snowing, it's freezing cold on a Monday morning and we're running, you know, just appreciate everything because, you know, we're not guaranteed any games as we learned last year. So he brought, you know, he brought us together through that. And then uh, into the break, um, he really just, you know, we have team Zooms, team meetings. He's, they, our staff does everything possible they can to, to keep us together. But our team is at our best when we're internally motivated from teammate to teammate rather than coach to teammate. And we have that. Um, but 
the coaching staff does does a lot and they they keep us together and they get it too because they're they're so young they they get it yeah definitely i didn't know you guys got to practice uh, you guys got were you got yeah you were the only team that got to, yeah we uh, got we got like six or seven uh weeks of work in we got we got um you know it was like different it was it was like small groups of 10, no contact or anything. So it was like offense was practicing with offense, defense with defense. And then we were able to get in the weight room for a little while. Um, so not typical, but definitely better than nothing because most Ivy League schools couldn't do anything. Nothing. Got zip. Yeah. So you guys, I know. you guys are lucky. You guys are very and then, lucky. And then in, in terms of moving forward, uh, to answer the second part of your question, you know, how he's keeping, how he's keeping us together with that, it's um, kind of similar to what I said, like, you got to control what you can control. Like you got to plan and, and, and believe that you're going to be having a season as I do uh, in order to wake up every day and work, you know? So it's just controlling that. And we do think we're going to be fortunate enough to play no matter what capacity. So we're just, we're going to be ready. Cause we, you know, it's so disappointing what happened last year. We were, we were doing well and we just want to get back there. And, you know, transitioning to that, what are you most looking forward to, in the uh, hopeful 2021 season? Yeah. Um, I mean, the first off, I'm most hopeful for just getting all of our, all of my teammates and best friends back in a locker room together. Cause we haven't had that. We weren't able to really like go out this fall, hang out together, be in the locker room together, do anything together. So that's the first thing as I've alluded to before is just being back in the locker room with everyone. It means so much to us as a team. Um, and being teammates so that's one and then um, two is I mean there's nothing like game day like the first game day I'm definitely looking forward to slipping the jersey on um, you know team meals and and all that jazz just that that first game day I think of 2021 is going to be electric yeah definitely college across is going to be a crazy first day of college across yeah, for man. everyone is going to the be podcast made. is going to be ripping the first week it's, of lax. I can't. Oh wait. my god! I can't. I'm like I'm. You're getting me nervous. Are you getting me so excited right now? Don't do that to me. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a great day for lacrosse when that day for comes. Sure. And I'm. I think I'm pretty sure. I don't want to jinx anything. Knock on wood, but I am very excited for that day. So yeah, my last absolutely. question. Yeah. So for my last question for you today, is the low to high question. Um, it's two part question. So to incorporate the name of the podcast, low to high, I'm gonna ask you two parts. Uh, a two uh, two part question. So, number one, what have been some of your lows while playing lacrosse? Could be a missed pass, bad game you lost, you know, bad moment on the field. What do you think that would be for you? Uh, honestly, it was probably losing uh, losing section championship my senior year. That sucked in overtime. We had a big lead and and we lost. Um, definitely learned from the experience and everything, and uh, you know. Still loved everything about high school cross, but that 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 really sucked. Yeah, and you know, going right off of that, what have been some of your highs while playing lacrosse? Could be a crazy goal you had, cool celebration, huge win. Uh, high you? high was probably a uh, high was breaking two sticks versus high point this year. That was pretty fun. <laughs> Wait, can we? Can I, can I hear a little bit about this? Yeah, I got I uh, got in versus versus we were playing high point. Was that our last? No, it wasn't our last game. It was like our third game maybe of the season. And uh, I took two jo- two dodges and uh, broke two sticks. So that was probably my high. <laughs> it was two for two on broken sticks. Two two. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Two sticks? How did you sticks. do it? Was it just with your body? Or you just like... Yeah. Just, wow. Just ran. 
Billy, thank you for coming on the Load of High podcast. This was a great time talking with you. Uh, we touched a lot of stuff, you know, from like playing college across, like the mentality you need to play, everything about that. Really appreciate, appreciate you coming on. Uh, wish you a happy new year for uh, this uh, 2021. Looking forward to seeing you play in this uh, hopeful 2021 season as well. Yeah, thanks, Paul. It was a pleasure being on here. And, uh, you know, hopefully the next time we talk, it's about a, a Cornell lacrosse game. Cornell lacrosse game win the national championship, maybe? Yep, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. All right, thanks, Billy. Have a good day. See you, man.